store where you too was, uh, was, was doing the taping, and it was a, uh, a fashion factory. There's little ladies in there sewing, and I mean, seamstresses going. And there was, what is going on here? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, alcoholics of all ages, welcome to episode 30 of Canadian Sober A. I'm your host and resident alcoholic, Dougie Fresh. We'll grab a snack juice popper, as I like to call it, the Champagne of Waters Perrier. We'll get the show on the road shortly. Sit back, hang tight. you don't know what that song is then you've been dead for the last probably you know 15 20 years it's probably one of the most iconic songs on the face of the planet um and probably one of the most iconic bands on the face of the planet um and just to let you know that you can get that song along with all of the other songs on this year's podcast on spotify like i've gotten them and just as a reminder to all of everybody who's listening today that I do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, and neither do any of my guests. We are simply sharing our experience, strength, and hope in the hope that it reaches the sick and suffering alcoholic or addict, um, depending on your drug of choice, obviously. Now, on with the show. As I was working on this week's podcast, I was watching Game 6 of the Raptors versus Sixers series. A do-or-die series for the Raptors, obviously. And as the team started to play, I started to critique. The defense was not very good in the first quarter. Joel Embiid is an ass. Harden could be a potential problem if he starts to light it up. We're taking too many threes and not going into the paint. Siakam has no points. Stop jumping, Boucher. I know what you're thinking. I should have been a coach. (laughs) But as I continued to critique... I started thinking of Albert Einstein's definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over, but expecting a different result. And this is what I saw happening on the court. The Raptors were not focused on what they needed to change to secure the win. But the problem is, do people like change? Was this what was holding the Raptors back? Were they too set in their ways or go-to plays that they couldn't see what needed to be done. Seems familiar, doesn't it? I ponder these thoughts tonight after hearing an insightful quote, nothing changes if nothing changes. To dive a little deeper into this conversation, I've invited a good friend of mine, Jim. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm great, Doug. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Can you tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself, your experience, strength, and hope? Well, I'm... uh... 
you know, a former NHL hockey player that retired 1995 from the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Um, my young days, I grew up youngest of 10 in Westview Village. It's a trailer park outside of Edmonton, Alberta. And uh, my parents were both alcoholics. They were from the Warriors. My dad was a sergeant in World War II, fought four years, was actually a war hero. Um, my mom was from England, never drove a car, never had a driver's license and raised all these children. So by the time I came along, Doug, there wasn't a lot of parenting. I always say my parents were the best parents as they knew how to be. So I started drinking uh, um, at 12 years old. Um, that's what we did in the trailer park. I always say this, the trailer park boys, you know, that, that show was pretty, pretty accurate back in my day in the trailer park. Um, so then anyways, that, that went into marijuana. I had a job timekeeping at Parkland Arena and uh, supplied, you know, the guy, the get-along gang, I call it, in the trailer park with marijuana and baby duck. And we would smoke a joint and drink a magnum of baby duck on our way to grade 8 uh, elementary school. And this is, you know, the lifestyle that we had. And then, you know, at 14, I was a good hockey player, obviously, and uh, I decided that you know, I was done with this life. So it's funny, you know, when I tell the story from 12 to 14, I'm an addict, alcoholic and drug addict. And I decided that I would uh, change my life and came home from school one day. And my late brother, Frank, was sitting with my mom. My three bro older brothers were bikers. So, you know, I learned the drug trade from them. And, uh, you know, they were in a different era, like I say, different, different time. But um, so I said, I want to quit school take correspondence, which is homeschooling, and walk to the rink every day and train for hockey. And she said, no way. She's like, you know, my older boys quit school. You're not doing it. My brother Frank said, you should let him do it because he's going to end up quitting anyway. So anyways, uh, I, I got to do this little plan I had and um, took it very serious, stopped drinking, stopped smoking drugs, and, um, you know, worked out every day in our trailer. My brother made me a makeshift gym I used the coffee table as my bench press and mixed and matched weights and shot pucks every day all these things that you know passionate hockey players do and uh, then I moved down to at 15 years old I moved down to uh, Markham Ontario with my my recovering my uncle was a 25 recovering alcoholic so my dad had a plan to get me out of the trailer park and move me down with my Auntie Roman Uncle Jimmy, which changed my life. Ended up playing for the Markham Waxers of the OJHL, the Toronto Marlboros of the OHL, got drafted by Washington, went on to play for six NHL teams, 10 years pro. In 1995, I hurt my shoulder, Doug, two shoulder operations and retired. And that's when kind of all hell broke loose. So that's kind of a, a journey quickly through my life and lots of peaks and valleys through that journey. Right on. So uh, can you tell me a little bit like uh, how, um, how, how the alcohol started? Like, uh, like when, when, when did you start to notice that it got really, really bad? Um, are you talking young age or talking uh, older age? The whole thing. Tell me about the whole thing. Well, I, I had it in my system. I was an addict. Like I was, you know, the, the DNA, I call it, was there. And, you know, um, I tell stories, you know, in the middle of winter, minus 30, out my parents in a bar, left four young kids in the car with blankets, and they're in the bar till 2 in the morning. And, I, and again, I'm not here to mock my parents. I'm just, you know, the, this was this was back in the day, you know, 
my dad driving intoxicated with six kids in the car. You know, I, we he had a big Chrysler and I would lay in the, but my seat was laying in the back window, you know, and I, I can still remember going up to his, he was a chef in the oil camps up in Alberta. So he'd take us all up there and, you know, getting pulled over by the police and, you know, the police, the police had to know he was intoxicated, but, you know, go along, sir, and get there safely. And so it, it became out of control, you know, when I was 12, stopped, as I said, Doug, and then, you know, through my career, I was a very serious athlete, and a very serious hockey player. But when I had a chance to party, it was in the system and I, you know, I would, I would get wild and, uh, you know, um, yeah, there was some, there was some trying times for me, you know, just, and I was a blackout drunk. So, you know, waking up, looking out the window, praying my car wasn't there. Did please tell me I didn't drive home, stuff like that. So it, it was throughout my lifetime, pretty bad. And, you know, and then we'll get back to the, if nothing changes, nothing changes, right. That's, you know, I got that. I don't know if you can see it, but I got that tattooed on my uh, arm there, and that's a big saying for me. My first time walking into an AA meeting, and you know, they all these one day at a time, and this sign was sitting right in front of me, and it just resonated with me that you know, all the you know, I got into crack cocaine and OxyContin, and you know, just I was you know out of control, black black hole, as you and I both know, and. So every night you go to bed, you know, um, depressed and anxiety and all these things that go along with, the, you know, the, the depression of coming off drugs and alcohol. And, you know, it would be like, okay, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Well, that was a movie I played for, you know, I think about it. I'm 56 today. I've been sober for 15 years where I'm in my 15th year of sobriety. I didn't get straight until I was 41 years old. Mm-hmm. So it was that, it was that moment of, thinking about if not, if I don't change, nothing's going to change. You know, you said it in your intro and, and it was just so powerful for me. And that's what I share with young people, old people now, like I travel all over the place doing interventions. I, I you know, I spoke to 400 recovering alcoholics and drug addicts uh, in Niagara Falls a couple of weeks ago. And that's the headline, right? For all of us, we're all in there and, the, the, you know, there's people in there 45 years sober and the, the, the shortest term was two days and it was just a powerful night. And my message was, you know, make the changes because then your life will change. Right. I'm always interested to know, um, you know, uh, you know, I wasn't a treatment guy myself, but I'm always interested to know, did you do treatment or did you just go straight into the rooms? So I did treatment. I went to, uh, Uh, a place called Newgate 180 in Merrickville, Ontario, went through an intervention. My ex-wife put me through an intervention and uh, what I, what I didn't get, this is what I always tell people, you know, youngest of 10 and uh, I didn't get parenting. You know, my parents never told me they loved, like they, back then you didn't tell your kids you loved them. And, you know, all these things that we had to deal with later as we find out why, you know, I got so messed up. So, you know, what I learned in rehab, you know, one week was on family, one week was on relationships, one week was on addiction, and one week was on love. All the things I missed as a kid. And here I was at 40 years old or 41, and I'm going, my oh my, have I missed like this, you know, I thought love was, you know, being with a girl, having sex, and, you know, have a nice night. I, you know, I had no idea what the meaning of love was. And it was like, what do you, how do you feel love? 
And these are the things what I tell people now that, you know, as good as our parents all are, our families all are, there's a lot of things that we miss why we end up like we are. And, you know, as I keep educating myself, Doug, of, you know, I learn something every day and I read a lot and, you know, addiction and it's a big part of my life now trying to help people. So you just realize what, you know, how it becomes, you know, how we can get out of it, all these things. And there's no magic pill for it. And I say this to any, everybody, you know, we send a kid away to uh, rehab and he comes back out and he's using five days later mm-hmm. until you're ready to surrender right? The education's there. You know, I relapsed when I got out, you know, it was a the stupid, stupid thing. And, um, but yeah, it's until you're ready to surrender, it's, it's going to be in you. So one day I surrendered and here I am today. Right on. And, um, you know, uh, sorry, I got this, uh, crazy mic and I'm trying to, um, <laughs> I my volume's not as good as yours when I turn the mic towards you. Um, what tell me like a little bit a little bit about yourself like what what it's like now like how how good is your life now because you we all know that you know when we start to get sober our lives you know get better obviously for all the right reasons but um tell me a little bit about that you know what's what it's like today for yourself so i'll go back to rehab and my counselor brian said jim all you have to do is stay sober and little presents will fall from the sky. And I tell this story to everybody I talk to and work with. You know, I got a gift today. I woke up today. I was up at 4.30. I don't sleep a lot, which is another thing with sobriety. You're, you know, my energy and my, you know, my life is great. So I got up early. I went and did my workout. And this is a gift for me being on with you because telling my story, knowing what, you know, a bit about your story and maybe one person out there listens to this and we saved their life. That is a gift all day long so you know being sober now doug is is you know just one day at a time and i will have a great day today um i got five beautiful kids three of my own two step kids a beautiful wife rita beautiful family um you know which you know i lost my first family you know um that that was inevitable with the, the lifestyle i was living and so you learn and just you know i get up and just do the best I can each day. And when I lay my head down, you know, playing with Wayne Gretzky, you know, he just really instilled in us, you know, be good, be good. Like, you know, I always say this about Wayne, better father and better human being than he was a hockey player, just because of how, you know, his parents raised him. And what he taught me a lot watching him was just how to behave and how to act. So I've now, you know, now that I am sober, I've taken a lot of that uh, mentoring and I use it with kids. And because I tell you, you know, he, he's he's a great role model. Right on. Um, you know, uh, Jim, I, I, you and I were talking before we recorded this uh, today. And, uh, you know, I, 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 um, I want to thank you tremendously for coming on Canadian Sober A and, and sharing your experience, strength and hope. Um, my father-in-law is going to listen to this. Uh, I told you before, my father-in-law is a huge hockey nut, so I'm really sure he's going to, uh, listen to your message and, and appreciate it. Um, you know, but, uh, you're right. Uh, you know, we're, uh, I, I always believe that somebody will get something out of this that will maybe either, either, you know, change their, their way of thinking, you know, about maybe what they were doing or, or, you know, maybe, install something new that they never really thought of before and uh you know they'll they'll take that lesson and and 
and go forward with it. You know, so I always say, you know, you're going to help somebody with your message today. Uh, who that is, <laughs> I have no idea. But, uh, you know, I want to thank you for coming on the show today and sharing your experience, strength and hope. And I wish you nothing but but the successes. And I look forward to um, watching all of your videos on Instagram with uh, with the team that you run now and, and uh, you know, seeing the joy in their faces and the joy in your face. And, um, you know, I, I just wish you good luck, my friend, in, in future endeavors. Well, thank you for that, Doug. And, you know, for you doing this, you know, you're, you're giving people today 30 minutes of education, of hope, of you know, that there is a better way out there to live. And, you know, I never, you know, those nights, I just quickly before we go, you know, when I was in my darkest days, crack cocaine, Oxycontin and snorting cocaine and booze and, and getting up and walking out of my bedroom after being up for two days and going, what have I become? Like, what have, you know, like you were an NHL serious athlete, you made it to your dream. What have you become? And to get my life back through sobriety, is the most powerful drug ever in addiction. You know, and I always say this, and, and I told my kids this so I can tell you, you know, what, what stops me from going back? And if I ever go back to that, you know, and I, I'll say this because it's about me. I was a loser, right? I was, a, I was down and out. I was broke. I was pissing my life away. If I ever go back to use, and it's, I'm checking out. It's, I'm, not, I'm going and I'm not coming back. And I, I'll say that because that person who I was, I never want to meet again. And I couldn't live with that person. So that's my motivation to say, this is where I'm going to be talking to people like you. And I can't thank you enough and to keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jim. Um, listen, the sun's shining. I, I, I know you're, I know you've been up early since uh, four 30, but the sun's shining. Um, I know, uh, I know you're, you're close to uh, where I live. Um, so I know it's got to be shining around where you are. So I want you to go out and, uh, enjoy the day. Um, have a fantastic rest of your weekend and thank you so much for coming on Canadian Sober, eh? Thanks, Doug. Keep up the good work. All right, brother. Have a great day. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Wow. That was a fantastic message, uh, by Jim. Um, you know, he, uh, he kind of threw me off guard. That's the first guy that, uh, you know, he's kept me on my toes. Uh, you know, that, that uh, he kind of stopped <laughs> a little bit and uh, I had to ask questions uh, to keep the show going. Um, you know, but I, uh, I, I love that. That was, uh, that was great, uh, Jim. See, I learned something, Jim. You gave me an idea uh, for season three of Canadian Sobre. Uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully by then I got a sponsor. Um, you know, but, uh, thanks so much, Jim, for, for coming on and sharing your experience, strength and hope. And, uh, that was a very powerful message that you shared with us today, my friend. And, um, you know, again, uh, wish you nothing but the best. Um, so, uh, we'll continue on with the story that, uh, we were talking about before. You remember I was, uh, pretending I wanted to be a, uh, uh, you know, an NBA coach and I was, uh, yelling at my TV and critiquing the Raptors. Um, you know, uh, which I, I do pretty much all season long, but, uh, you know, as Jim said, nothing changes, nothing changes. So we'll continue on with that story. So what do the Raptors do? They're superstars. Obviously Jim's a superstar. He, he, he played in the, in the big leagues. You know, anybody that is good enough to make it into the big leagues is, is a superstar, you know, hard to tell them that they need to change, right? 
But a little change can go a long way. Change is good for the soul. Change will tell Joel Embiid to suck it. (laughs) And doesn't that ring true for us, the suffering alcoholic? To quote Einstein, uh, Einstein again, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Hmm. Nothing changes if nothing changes. We must stop cherry-picking which part of reality will we deal with today. Denial is not healthy. We must actually embrace a solution to our problems and stop fixating on obstacles in our way. These obstacles are becoming the excuses we use to justify why we cannot change. Let's be honest, our disease has made us complacent. It has convinced us that change is the devil. It's convinced us that we are happy and secure while unaware of danger that lurks around the corner. The danger for the Raptors is their season ending. And um, I hate to tell you that their season did end that night. (laughs) The danger for us is our lives. Therefore, be the change. Again, I'd like to thank Jim for coming on uh, Canadian Sober A. Um, and, uh, and, and once again, I'd like to thank, you know, everybody for their kind messages and thoughts over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I'm extremely, uh, I, I find myself extremely exhausted, uh, lately. Um, you know, and I think it's just the recovery of, of what I'm going through and, and, and getting, you know, mended up here. But, uh, you know, I, I, I told my wife last night that I need to slow down a little bit. Um, so you know, we have, uh, you know, maybe about eight more episodes left of the uh, season two, um, you know, and then I'm going to be taking uh, the summer off and, and uh, you know, recouping and, and uh, you know, we'll probably start season three at the beginning of September or something like that, um, you know, but, uh, you know, join me next week because I have another fantastic guest coming on, um, you know, the, the you know, I've said all season long that the stories and the guests just keep getting better and better. And I, I can't, you know, you know, give you any hints or anything like that. But, uh, you know, you, you just have to stay tuned to find out who's uh, who's coming on next. Anyways, um, thank you so much again, Jim. Um, and, and thanks for uh, being here. And, uh, you know, Perrier, um, you know, Jim, this Perrier is for you, my friend. Cheers. And here's to a great future. And here's uh, one of Jim's most favorite bands. The U2. And I wish you all a, a fantastic weekend. Put a smile on your face. Better yet, put a smile on somebody else's face. And we'll let Bono take us out. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you next week. <laughs>